0: You're listening to the Rockford Symphony Orchestra Podcast, where we look to inform about our upcoming events and give insight to behind the scenes happenings at the RSO.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Rockford Symphony Orchestra Podcast. I'm Margo Stedman, Education and Community Engagement Director, and your host for today. And I'm here with our assistant conductor, Ben Fire. Welcome, Ben. Hi,
0: hey, Margo. Great to be here with you.
1: So, Ben, you haven't been on our podcast. And you've been leading our pre-concert conversations with Yunev so far this season, but besides that, you're, all the work you're doing is relatively behind the scenes. So I thought it might be interesting if we just started by kind of letting our audience know what does an assistant conductor do at the RSO. What is what's on your plate? And you've you've worn multiple hats so far this season, but with the assistant conductor, what do you? What does this mean?
0: It's such a great question. Part of it's built into the title, assistant conductor you assist the whole musical journey and you assist the music director. You're there to support the whole musical product. And what I love most is developing relationships with the musicians and the artists that they know you have great ears. You need really great ears as an assistant conductor. So you're sitting in the hall during rehearsals and we need, to give feedback to those musicians, they want to know: is what I'm putting out there is it really being absorbed? Is it can you hear? And your level of listening needs to be top tier. So, um, along with just those great listening skills, you're there to support that musical vision of whoever might be on the podium.
1: So I know you started in this role, kind of not with this title, but during the search, you were helping with the sound check with people that weren't familiar with the hall. And you mentioned that giving feedback. And I think what you kind of said, but not directly, and I'm going to say it a little more directly for our audience, is you're basically the understudy for the conductor. If something happens, you're on the podium. So you're having to study those scores and learn them at the same level that Yaniv does to be ready to go and... Also know what his interpretation is and understand that. And then your own interpretation. There's a lot of layers going on there.
0: The art of assistant conducting is being 120% ready to jump in. And like you said, sometimes if it's late in the process, you, you don't want to disrupt the momentum and the artistic mm-hmm. vision that's already been put in motion. Right. You want to support that. So you have to be humble enough to get into another artist's head and know what's driving them to make these artistic decisions. So and make that make that your own but really support what has been happening already in that week. But yeah, in terms of the preparation, it's on the drop of a dime, which there's a famous story of Leonard Bernstein that was his big break. Just you know, jumping on the New York Philharmonic and off you went.
1: rest is history. I'm hoping that your career continues, but also that it doesn't continue at quite that stress level or that Yaniv gets sick. So just as we're getting to know you a little bit, how did you become interested in being a conductor? What's your musical journey been like?
0: By the way, Yaniv has a great immune system. It's just been (laughs) holding up. He takes all of his vitamins. (laughs) Music for me brought me alive in my life I actually my very very first memory if I think about is staring at a speaker a loudspeaker and and I, this is my first actual memory in life oh wow and seeing just absolutely confused and curious and admiring how does this little box make all of these sounds and all of the voices you could hear voices you know recorded it reproduces that. It's, it's magical.
1: Well, I didn't think about that till I took physics of music in college and I had to for an exam. <laughs> You're way ahead of me.
0: <laughs> I don't think I could have passed at that point, but I've always been searching that question of how music affects us, how it makes us reflect and become better people and connect with other people. And so I always knew I wanted to do music in some way. I pursued, um, when it came time for college... Music education at a school in New York called the Crane School of Music, all the way upstate New York, very cold, not a lot of distractions, <laughs> so the practice rooms were warm, so it <laughs> made it easy to...
1: And what was your primary instrument then?
0: And my primary instrument was trombone. My original band director also went to Crane, Crane oh. School of Music, and I wanted to play drums, let's be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what well, little kid doesn't want to be loud on yeah. the drums? <laughs>
0: And I, you know, I put in on uh, my, my top choice was drums and the band director took a look at me and, you know, I'm kind of tall. I was at that time too, very lanky arms and he goes, no, you can reach all the positions. You're going for trombone. And, <laughs> you know, I stuck with well, it, it ever out. since it worked, out, it worked out and I could reach all those positions. Um, and, uh, I actually love the sound of trombone. It's, it's a beautiful instrument, a lot mm-hmm. like the male voice. Um, tenor or bass register voice, um, and then when you study music education and later as a conductor, you really learn all the instruments. You learn all the um, the ranges and what they're how they're used in scores and compositions, how they're used in combination to create interesting colors, and especially the string instruments, the strings, how they work together in harmony with the winds and the brass and the percussion, and that orchestral sound is just exhilarating it's it's something that no no recording can do justice to even to experience it live just it just it's like being in a cathedral you Mm. never forget it
1: okay I'm going to ask you a few more details because I'm intrigued so you did music education then did you did you teach in schools or kept going to school what what was going on there
0: so I did finish the program and I was student teaching in my last semester and I came to kind of a, a crossroads of, do I want to apply to teach K through 12 or do I want to continue this journey of music and pursue graduate studies? And so I, I actually kind of put my hat in for both. I applied to a few grad schools and I applied for a few jobs and I was really fortunate enough to get accepted to the Yale School of Music and pursued my master's. And that's where the conducting bug bit me. So did you
1: apply for for conducting?
0: I actually applied as a trombonist. Oh, really? I applied as a trombonist and was accepted. And almost the first week, I remember asking my trombone teacher, you know, this conducting thing is kind of interesting to me. And his wife is also a conductor. So he... He laughed a little bit and and he said I was going to the dark side, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, he supported it 100%. And a lot of our lessons changed to help me you know, improve my ears as a conductor.
1: Wow, what a generous teacher.
0: Oh, he was incredible. Scott Hartman, he's uh, um, originally a member of the Empire Brass. Yeah. And so he had ears. They were just like, I call them microscopic ears. He would hear details that it almost seemed... No one else could hear wow. just a level of hearing and musicianship stage presence. He had he had the whole package and it, he was an incredibly supportive teacher for that. That gap for an instrumentalist, everybody has some path, but there's that gap that you have to jump between being an instrumentalist or, or vocalist into conductor and everybody's journey is a little bit different and of
1: course you had to take some conducting in your undergrad to be prepared to be a band teacher
0: yes yes so
1: it wasn't that you'd never had any
0: that's right we could give a downbeat i could read a score right Um, but there's lot there's levels to it that you of course you know you always want to improve and continue your studies so
1: and then after yale
0: after yale i um decided you know i think i should really take this conducting seriously and i did apply for a second master's i went to penn state uh did a master's and fast forward a little bit applied for a doctorate at northwestern and here i am in the midwest since 2016
1: i'm also a midwest transplant i love it
0: from florida yeah originally
1: so a little bit of a different weather change than you coming from new york just a little bit (laughs) (laughs) okay so that was great thank you for sharing all that Fast forward to the present. Yes. Here we are. And as our assistant conductor, you are going to become the conductor for our March Pops program. So, you obviously, you're at all of our rehearsals. You're with all the masterworks. But Pops is a little different than masterworks. What's your take on that? What makes a Pops concert special? What's the difference?
0: Well, in this case, logistically, there's less rehearsals with the orchestra. So, talking about that preparation... You have to know the music cold, ready to go. So, I like to say it's kind of like um, these days we're so used to using a GPS. Mm -hmm. Well, it needs to be like you're navigating without a GPS. You have to know every turn, every little nook and cranny. Your route has to be memorized. Your route has to be memorized. Yeah. What a good analogy. All the speed limits, all the transitions, which lane you need to be in. Yeah. And for a conductor, part of the, experience is empowering other leaders on stage and knowing who should we listen to at what point. And a lot of this in the in the shorter rehearsal periods has to be done with body language, mm. eye contact. There's not that much time to stop and talk. You have to have it so well ingrained that it's natural and readable by the musicians.
1: Right. And I would tell say to our audience listening, if you've never seen a conductor's orchestral score, Google it. Because it is, I always say, conductors, it's the ultimate job in multitasking. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 16 lines of music at the same time, give or take a few, depending on the orchestration. And it's all happening at once. Conductors are multitaskers. It is the absolute name of the game.
0: My score has gotten progressively more colorful over the years. (laughs) I started just with pencil and now there's a lot of different lines and colors and you just everybody defines a little you know finds their own system of organizing all this information
1: so it seems like there's just a different set of skills with doing a pops concert it's a lot of shorter pieces versus on these masterworks concerts you know there might be three really long pieces and there's movements and there's structure of course but i think it would just take a different mindset. like You've talked about making that roadmap, but how do you even begin to lay that out? It has to be organized in your brain differently. What does that look like?
0: I think the best analogy I could think of is it's a little bit like you're a chef and you're preparing multiple dishes at once Oh, yeah. <laughs> at different <laughs> the temperatures. ultimate Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and you're working with a team and you have to have the type of mind to understand that Everything has its right timing. You have to let it finish and complete, but time is of the essence. You got to get that played out. You have hungry customers. Two and a half hour <laughs> rehearsal, yep.
1: and there's a two hour show. It's so. when the
0: restaurant, when the kitchen closes. Um, and so you have to just be so comfortable and clear on what you want out of the music. And it also, these shorter pieces, another analogy is really like a, a writer writing short stories. Mm. Each of these stories they have a different arc and sometimes they're connected and they they work together. It's a series of short stories that are really compelling. Yeah. So they have similar themes, but they're not they're they're of different worlds, they're of different places or experiences.
1: I really like that, especially for the content matter of this concert. Because this one, we haven't said that, but this is Great Ladies of Swing. And so it's all these pieces from the American songbook. And so they're all similar but different. And then you have Dee Daniels, our wonderful vocalist that's coming. Yes. And she's part of that interpretation. So you're, as the conductor, are driving the orchestra, but you're really kind of accompanying her. Absolutely. Which adds a whole different layer as a conductor of preparation that you're not just, it's not just your thoughts and your interpretation, but you're layering that on top of accompanying her. I mean, it's, you're bigger than a piano, but...
0: I... <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> a little more powerful. <laughs> it's one of my favorite aspects about conducting is you... It's, it's like an interview. You get to get into someone's mind and mm. see what drives them. Of course, this happens non-verbally. It happens musically through someone's energy, what they present. But with Dee Daniels, I mean, she has not only a literal range of, I believe, over four octaves... But her range as a storyteller, the colors, the emotions Mm. in her voice is stunning. It by itself is something that will just immediately change how the orchestra plays.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. What a cool thought.
0: Absolutely. So as a conductor, and I think about the term conductor, just like the scientific term of a conductor, energy coming through, allowing to come through a metal or uh, some other element And ideally, a conductor will transfer that energy from the soloist to the musicians to the audience and not impede it. It will allow it to really be vibrant.
1: That's a cool. I love that. I love that. Um, And then this repertoire is certainly rooted in an American culture. You know, it's called the Great American Songbook. And so dealing with a lot of that, how is that repertoire related to you and your process?
0: So I come at this as an admirer, certainly not an expert in jazz swing, but one of my favorite memories in my life as a musician, as a person, is playing West Side Story uh, in the pit of my orchestra in my high school, right next to my teacher. And of course, I'm not a master improviser. I I was certainly pursuing classical music. But this hybrid of hearing the great standards Mm -hmm. with an orchestral backing... There's nothing like it. It's such a unique experience. And you kind of get the best of both worlds, the lushness of the strings of the orchestral sound with, you know, the incredible feel of the jazz rhythm section, the jazz vocalist taking you through a tour of the best of the best.
1: This just popped in my head listening to you talk this is the symphony's 90th anniversary season. The orchestra was founded in 1934, and this is a little bit later than that, but just the marriage of the, the Rockford Symphony Orchestra was founded for the centennial of the city, and what they wanted to do to celebrate was to form an orchestra. And then it's kind of adjacent to this era where this music's happening. And just the way you said it kind of married it. I was like, that's kind of cool thing about our anniversary and how it's coming full circle. And we're doing this older music and we're having the jazz influence in the orchestra. And then that's right after we have French music with a jazz flair for our chamber concert. And so just these moments that are all kind of coming together. And I mean, there was some thought and planning. People are People are thinking strategically <laughs> about all that. But... But you you know, you do it and then you're living it and it it's really beautiful when you live through it and you're like, wow, this is this is gonna be special. I think this concert is gonna be really special for our audience. I think there's no way you can be there and not have a good time.
0: It's music that makes you feel great, it's fun, and it's done at the highest level with one of the best jazz singers in the world. It's not to be missed.
1: What more do we need to say? All that's left is get some tickets. March sixteenth at the Coronado Performing Arts Center.
0: I'll see you all there.
1: Thanks so much for being here, Ben. Thank you.